the reason that it's agents can come here and do such high volume is because we've got you know really a plug and play platform right like systems like follow-up boss systems like accountability scripting role play and practice so the question is this how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves that's the question and this podcast will give you the answer Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui with a quick commercial break, but you guys have been hearing these ads follow-up boss, right? They've been one of our longest standing sponsors of the podcast. And heck, most of you guys actually use follow-up boss. You've heard from so many of our interviews when we're asking people, what is your favorite CRM? Follow-up boss is by far the most trusted picked CRM that we hear from people that we're interviewing. You know, follow-up is huge. As an investor, there are so many times recently that we reached out one extra time to somebody that two months ago said they thought about selling us the house. And by just following up again, they said, yes, I'm ready to sell today. And they didn't know us from anybody. They were gonna say yes to the next person that reached out. And it was the fourth or the fifth time that we reached out to them. So follow-up is important as an agent, as an investor, as everything. You know, follow-up boss gets you and your team totally organized. Contacts, leads, all in one place. They have like 250 integrations to all the other things out there for like texting, phones, voicemails, all the other products that are out there. It helps you convert leads to deals and then you decide how you want to expand and exactly when that happens for your business. So tons of guests in here. Here's a couple of our guests saying what they like about Follow-Up Boss. I think Follow-Up Boss gives you the most integrations Mm-hmm. that are simple and it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform. Um, it tracks everything that I need. I can customize it if I want. If I want to go smart list based, that's fine. If I want to go task based, it's fine. It just really helps me never drop a ball because it's so user friendly. Also, before I forget, Follow-Up Boss is hosting FubCon. Yes, FubCon 2022. It's an annual event hosted by Follow-Up Boss the leading CRM in the real estate industry. The three-day event is packed with actionable tips, strategies that agents can use to double their listings, convert more buyers, and create systems that their agents love using. And right now, as the market gets tougher, a conference like this is exactly the thing you need. The keynote speakers are some of the most iconic agents in the business, and they're sure to inspire and motivate attendees. In addition to educational sessions, there'll be plenty of networking opportunities with some of the industry's brightest real estate professionals. FubCon is a perfect opportunity to learn and take your business to the next level. I hope you check it out. What's up, real estate rock stars? Courtney Atkinson here. It's my distinct pleasure that I get to hang out with John Scipioni today from Hoboken in New Jersey. What is up, man? Thanks for being here, John. Thank you for having me, man. Really excited. Yeah, yeah, super cool to be here. We were just chatting before the podcast and you were sharing with me, you know, about having been married this past year and and the growth of your team, the trajectory that you're on. So, so maybe just paint a picture for our viewers and our listeners about who you are and how you got here today. Sure. Sure, as my uh 
my business partner. He couldn't join us today, but he usually asks me, you know, uh, on our, on our podcast, he's always like, tell me about the journey. And I'm like, dude, stop saying journey. What's with this journey? <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, I've been in the business just about 15 years, been only full-time for about the last six years. Uh, this year we're on pace to do about 200 transactions. Um, you know, we run a small team, myself and my partner, uh, Kiro take care of, uh, the majority of the listings. And then we have three full-time buyers agents who work, uh, really all the buy side leads, okay. uh, but all in about 200 transactions this year, uh, about a hundred million in, in total volume. And yeah, man, our, for us, it's, uh, what we really focus on is per agent productivity. We probably could have built this team out much wider, um, but we really like to focus on making sure that each of those agents are really producing at a high level. So we're right, really right, right. pretty selective before we take on somebody else. Cool. Yeah, tell us about that. So you've got those three team members. Uh, are they new industry members or were they folks that you recruited uh, that were already experienced agents? How did you, how did you meet them? You know, it's funny you ask that because that's always the question that I ask other team leaders, right? I'm like, are you having more success recruiting, you know, newer agents or is it people that, you know, were, were on other teams or other brokerages? Uh, now that I think about it, actually, all three people or three of our buyers agents started fresh in the business with us. Uh, I'd say all three of them did have like great hospitality business, you know, uh, skills. And we worked really hard to teach them, you know, the real estate component. That's awesome. Uh, the yeah. cool thing about that for the folks that I've spoken to, and I'm curious what your state is, statement is on it. How, how did you feel about your ability to, to teach them strong habits versus how you might have felt about bringing somebody else in that was already in the industry for a period of time? It's, it, and, and I'm, I'm glad you went in this direction because this is something that we're talking about every single day. You know, we felt like we could go out and get agents from other teams. And when I've done that in the past, it's really sort of hard to teach people, um, you know, break some of those old habits. And we'll be on, I'll be on recruiting calls with agents that are, you know, sort of interesting and interested in, you know, hearing what, what we're doing over here. And, and as soon as I start telling people that, you know, our agents are in the office every single day, Monday through Thursday at 730 in the morning, uh, that's where I sort of lose them. And mm -hmm. <laughs> that's where the call sort of starts to mellow out a little bit. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, I mean, we've had a lot more success bringing in agents that really were hungry, that wanted it, that had great business skills. And we were mm -hmm. able to teach them, you know, the real estate side of things rather than trying to, uh, you know, convert some other agents into, into our model. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I found the same thing for sure. And I think as, as we've moved into a seller's market and things have gotten a bit easier, uh, you know, I think it's just harder to bring people in from, uh, from other brokerages and other teams because it has been a little bit simpler. I think as we move forward, we'll likely start to see that shift a little bit as some folks are thinking about getting out of the industry or, uh, or thinking that maybe uh, they need to partner up with somebody like you who's got a track record of success, some opportunities, some coaching and support. One of the things that I want to speak to, though, is accountability and systems, because I know that you don't have people coming to your office at 730 in the morning unless there's accountability and systems. And and you dropped in, in our pre-interview that you were big on accountability. And so I can see that that's already transferred to your team. But I'd like you to unpack it for us, please. 
Sure. Sure. So there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> it's, um, you know how it is. I mean, when you have 1099 uh, employees and 1099 uh, agents, um, you can't necessarily make them sign an agreement that says you will work this time and end at this time and do this and this. So what we have on our team is uh, accountability agreements, right? So it allows us the uh, opportunity, I'll say, uh, to hold each of the agents on the team accountable to a certain set of numbers, certain goals, certain times that they're going to be here, you know, a certain amount of role play each week, certain amount of time uh, spent on handling objections, a uh, certain amount of contact they're going to hit. So, you know, we, my partner and I grew up, um, you know, in the Mike, Mike Ferry platform um, where, you know, uh, we were pounding the phones every single morning, you know, eight to 12 and after role play and, and, uh, and all that. So that, that's really all we know. And that's, that has changed my whole life that that platform so um some of the our members some of the members of our team have been there and sort of uh seen me grow through that platform and and mm -hmm. uh i think it's been a good example for a lot of people who um are on the team now because we're still in the trenches every single day we're still making our calls we're still prospecting in the morning we're here every morning for role play it's not it's not just hey show up and uh, role play with your fellow agents it's we're here role playing with them every single morning, 7.30. That's amazing. So, high, high levels of accountability. Yeah, that's tremendous. So so tell me about the rest of your agent's day. So they're in prospecting. Well, they're probably going to be doing some role play first. So they're probably going to hit the phone, say 8, 8.30. Is that about right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. We're in the office, 7.30, role play. You know, we do, we do some, some more fun stuff too. Like we're talking about big wins. We're talking about gratitude. We're doing mm -hmm. some affirmations, role play, handling objections. Uh, we mm -hmm. talk a lot about the, the different um, personality styles and how mm -hmm. to cater to them. Uh, right. But yeah, we hit the phones around 8, 830. And then our agents are required or they are held accountable uh, to be on the phone from about 830 to 12, Monday through Thursday. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah, that's tremendous. And, and they're there converting on a daily basis, getting those reps in. H how long have these folks been with you? What's the, what's the tenure uh, on your team with these folks? Sure. So uh, our, our top buyers agent's been with us uh, going on about six years now, five to six years. She yeah. started as a, you know, a supportive role, admin, transaction coordinator, sort of um, really learned the business that way. And now she's mm -hmm. worked her way into uh, a buyer's agent role, um, getting more and more involved in the, the listing side, um, which was great because we always joke and say that, you know, she was putting out fires for us for, for five years and now she just gets to, you know, she, there's nothing that she hasn't seen before, right? That's right. I mean, you know, we're, we're always surprised in this business every day, but she's, she's sort of got uh, those reps uh, down. Um, and then the two other agents, uh, one of the guys has been with us about almost about two years now, um, came to us from uh, hospitality industry, worked at a hotel and, um, probably one of the more exciting stories is our most recent buyer's agent is 18 years old. She is a freshman in college, full-time student, full-time agent with us, changed her whole schedule around so she could prospect in the morning. That's incredible. How's her year going yeah. so far? Great. She's at about, I think, eight or nine closed and pending. 
and uh, her goal this year is 24 transactions in her first year. That's ridiculous. So tell me, I, I got to know, what's a deal worth in your market, given your average price point, and your average commission? Uh, average commission check to our team is about, you know, this past year has been higher than others, but it's about 12000 12, To the agent, yeah. So no, well, I mean, 12000 to the office. Okay. To the yeah, office. Still, yeah. yeah, that's incredible, though. So, I mean, this person's going to do over $100,000, you know, under the age of 20 while going to school full time. <laughs> and I tease her. I'm like, listen, you, you can't tell your parents how much money you're making because they're going to start charging you rent. And uh, <laughs> she's still at home. Yeah. That's amazing. She's still at home. And yeah, man, it's, but you know what? It, 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 I, and that's something to touch upon too. Um, she has like the sales, sales, like, uh, regimen and, and, and techniques and strategies in her blood. And, and she's only 18. I mean, she came out of like uh, a lot of marketing courses in high school and college. And, okay. and, and she's almost like that, that uh, rookie athlete who like just, just got on the field or on, I'm, I'm a big hockey fan. She just got on the ice and like, she's not scared of anything. Right. Like you tell her to yeah. call a FISBO and I'm like, here's the script. She's like, all right, this is all I have to do. Whereas if you give that script to somebody who's been in the business 10 years, they're like, I'm not saying this. She's right. afraid of nothing. She, you know, she hasn't yet been rejected. She hasn't yet um, been turned away. So she's just fearless. That's amazing. Which is awesome. You know, and that's not really the narrative uh, that we hear around that generation. So I'm inspired that that's the case for you, for your team and for her. But you're not wrong. You know, I, I teach team leaders, team members and realtors, you know, a multitude of strategies, but one of them being a mega open house strategy, which involves some cold calling and some door knocking. And I maintain, you know, a guy like you for sure, being a Tom Ferry guy, a guy like me, I can walk into any market and make 250 grand year one without any question at all. And it's not going to be crazy and it's not going to cost me a load in marketing. But if you tried to take a, a five-year agent that's never cracked $100,000 and give them the strategy, they'll make up all these excuses why it's not going to work and they'll tell you why you're wrong, Right. And yep. the beauty of the people that you bring into your team and the same for me, you know, every one of our team members, 42 of them, with the exception of two, weren't in the industry when I met them. And for them, it's the same thing. You show them the path and they're like, oh, that's all I have to do. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you got to pick up the phone. I mean, we're in an air conditioned office. We're using technology. You know, I'm not out on the street. It's not like I have to go pick up a shovel anywhere. There's no manual labor involved. It's literally some brain power and using my voice. You got to stay hydrated and energized, get some sleep. You know, if you avoid alcohol, even better. And uh, away you go, right? And so you and I think of it that way, but you're right. Like outside folks that have been doing this a long time or a little time, regardless of the level of success, uh, a lot of folks aren't willing to do the work. Yeah. Or I find agents these days, aren't willing to, you know, they're afraid of it. They'll do anything they can to not go on the phone. And, you know, uh, whether that's like text, text message prospecting, email prospecting, and, and don't get me wrong, some of that, we do it. And, and I think it helps, especially on follow-ups and stuff sometimes, but the majority of it, you know, for us, at least, you know, what we teach and, and the way that our agents have success is just making sure the phone is number one, just because, yeah. Uh, you know, the agents, there's other agents in your market that are going to do the phone and, you know, be on the phone and hitting the phone and they'll take the business. Well, and if you think of the shiny objects 
that are out there for a real estate agent to chase. I mean, there's a thousand different Facebook programs that you can sign up for that, you know, you'll have a flood of people reaching out to you or Instagram or TikTok, LinkedIn, you name it. And uh, I mean, you can spend thousands and thousands of dollars on these programs, you know, supposedly learning ways to have a flood of opportunities. But I've never met someone who can create a faster, quicker opportunity than I can picking up the phone right now. Like I could literally hang up with you. I could go into tell listing. And in the next hour, I'm going to have a buyer probably and a seller appointment, like guaranteed, right? Um, not to say that systematization is an important part of anybody's business. It certainly is. And eventually you want to systematize your business so it gets easier, but you still have to have these hard skills. You still have to know how to have a conversation. What better way than to practice them on a daily basis, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And my, I had a coach who would always tell me, seek out more rejection. And, uh, there's no way to get more rejection than to be on the phone. So it's a numbers game, like everything else. And just, you know, as long as you put those reps in every morning and, and uh, make a certain number of contacts, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to trip over a listing opportunity or even a buy side opp- opportunity. So, you That's know, right. you just got to get it in every morning, get it out of the way. And, and uh, we were always taught and what we teach our team is, you know, the morning is for finding the business and the afternoon is for, for actually doing the business. That's right. And, you know, I don't know about you, but you look like a, very uh, muscular guy. For me, if I don't go to the gym in the morning, get out of the way, I'm not, I'm not going. So uh, uh, it's like prospecting, right? If I say, oh, yeah, I'll make my calls later on after dinner or after lunch, it, it just doesn't happen. So No, sir. 100% do the hard stuff first. I know my cardio and my uh, lifting doesn't get done unless it gets done, you know, typically at 530 in the morning. So as much as I don't yep. love that, you know, you, you want to look after yourself so that you can bring that energy and enthusiasm to those conversations that you're having. For you doing your podcast, you got to be enthusiastic and energized. And you might have already been out showing properties that day. So you got to make sure you're looking after your body. For the statistic nerds that are watching and listening, I have I have just a couple questions about your market. So, so how big is your market? You know, it's always a tough question for me to answer because because of the way that we built our business, we chased a lot of expired then for sell by owner, mm-hmm. for sell by owners. Yeah. So we really would go like 30, 40 minutes in any direction. So it's hard to really put your finger on the pulse because uh, in any direction, I could be in one of four different counties. Right. Um, and I think you said but, New York City is only what, 30, 40 minutes away or something, right? Yeah, even less, about a 15 minute uh, train ride. And, you know, where our offices, you can, you can see, you know, New York skyline. So we're a stone's throw away. And, and that's why this market's been so strong. Um, you know, a lot of people live here. So we're, we're on the left side of, of Manhattan and Brooklyn's on the right side. And, uh, similar to Brooklyn, you know, people live here because it's less expensive than living in Manhattan and, you know, you can get some more space. So, uh, that's, that's a huge part of our, our business. Everybody wants to be you know, within uh, commuting distance. Right. And and you could hit these people, you know, on a cold call and, and hardly ever circle back and double down on them. You could just always find pretty well new prospects. I mean, even if you had to stretch out your range just a little bit, right? Yeah, that's the beauty of a good sized market. Now, next question for those that like to nerd out on this, uh, what tool do your folks use for dialing? Sure. So for years, we use Mojo, Vulcan 7, 
We have a little bit of a different setup, though. We have, uh, and then I should tell you, we have a, we use follow-up boss, the CRM. But Let's we do have an outbound, team. yeah, yep. We do have an outbound calling team, uh, call center, uh, okay. some, some virtual guys, some U.S.-based guys and girls um, who are doing a lot of our initial lead generation, circle prospecting, old expires, um, you know, in this last market of about one or two years, weren't a whole lot of expired. So um, we have this call center that generates a lot of leads for our team. And then what happens is once those people are primed a little bit and a little bit more ready to go, that's when uh, one of our five agents jumps in. Got it. Got you. So in a way, they might be considered a warm lead at the point that they're dialing. Is that right? Yeah. And, you know, it's um, because I, I heard, you know, you asked about dialers and I'm like, probably been two or three years since I was really heavy on like calling expireds or calling, you know, canceled or anything like that. So uh, I don't have the newest technology probably for, you know, outbound dialing, but for what we're doing where we're calling more warm leads, leads that have been primed already, we are using follow-up boss, uh, yeah. which has been dialing fantastic. Yeah, you don't need a triple line dialer, you know, for for dialing those kind of leads. It's nice if you're trying to bang out a thousand, but if you're trying to bang out a hundred, you know, it's not necessary, really. Yeah, yeah. If for those that are listening, if you're if you're not aware, uh, Mojo, for example, you can upgrade to a triple line dialer, so you can simultaneously dial two num- or three numbers, and then you pre-record a voice message. And uh, if two people pick up simultaneously, you'll grab the first one, and then it'll drop a voice message with the second one. And so uh, it's a way of getting through a lot of numbers really, really fast. Uh, fun fact, in Canada, they're illegal. Um, so you can only use a single line dialer up here. But, uh, yeah. yeah. And, but nobody used the three, the three line dialers. Nobody. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how they would catch that, if I'm being honest. It's tough to manage, yeah. though. I mean, you've done it before. You're, there, there's a lot going on when you got three lines dialed. Oh, you got you you to pay attention. Oh, For those yeah. people that are trying to write emails and, and do you know, two things at once. Yeah. You can look very foolish intense. pretty quickly. It's very intense for sure. And so those folks that are doing your outside sales team or inside sales team, depending on how you word it, uh, those are folks that are a part of your company too, or did you contract those folks out or how did you sort that out? So we're big on virtual, uh, assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have about 10 to 15 virtual assistants, depending on how you look at it. And, you know, depending on who's, uh, just started with us and where we're growing. But um, yeah, we have uh, a whole bunch of people who are making outbound calls virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to be really careful with that and um, with the scripts and such, but they're essentially just uh, looking for very, very digging through a lot of cold leads, figuring out who has any minimal interest. And right. then we sort of get them through the pipeline. Um, yeah. It occurred to me a few years ago, actually, I think while I was, you know, had the headset on either on Mojo or Vulcan or one of those. And, and, you know, a lot of times in the Mike Ferry system, we talk about, you know, uh, knowing your, your dollar per hour. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would say, well, you know, at the time I thought I was making like 500 bucks an hour, or thousand bucks an hour, whatever it was while I was prospecting. And I said, you know, my time is too valuable to listen to busy signals or wrong numbers. And I remember speaking to a coach, and what he said to me jokingly was, he said, John, you know what I used to do? I used to give my kid 
five-year-old son a list of phone numbers. And I would tell him to go down the list and call each person and just put a check mark next to it if the person answered, right? And then he would give me the, and he'd say, hey, is Bob there? And he'd ask every single person, is Bob there? Is Bob there? And he'd put a check if they answered. And then what he would do, my coach, was go back and actually only call the people who answered. So in my head, I had this crazy idea. It was like, my time is only value, is so valuable that I can only, I should only be calling people who were actually there or who were picking up the phone. So then it sort of snowballed into, hey, we should have a virtual person make the initial call. And here we are now with about 10 virtual outbound callers who are just constantly pouring leads into our CRM of people who have some level of interest of selling. That's where it gets tricky. Are are they looking to do something? Are they standing in a vacant property looking to do something tomorrow? Or are they sort of scratching the, you know, scratching the surface and seeing if they want to do something in six months? So. Yeah. I'm sure you've got a scoring system built into there. I'm sure you've got a follow-up program uh, that your agents follow. Um, maybe tell us about that. So so what's your team's protocol for uh, how quickly you want to get to these leads, how frequently you'll follow up with them, and by what mechanism? So I'll, it, it sort of depends. I mean, if we think that somebody's hot, meaning they're going to do something, let's say, in like less than two weeks, Mm-hmm. Um, we're hit, we're hitting them very often. If somebody's just scratching the surface, uh, and they're like more of like a, a C level lead where they're maybe six months out, um, yeah. we're setting them up for, you know, a drip campaign, email campaign. Uh, you know, I forget how many touches our, our ISAs will hit them with, but they'll set them up for a campaign where they're getting a mix of text, email, and phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, we also use a HomeBot. I don't know if anybody, if you guys use that, but uh, HomeBot is a great little tool. Yeah. yeah, it's great. I mean, it. I would say it's a, a more advanced Zestimate, much more advanced, where you can plug somebody's address in and based on market statistics and, and recent sales, it gives them an approximate valuation of their their property. And it's a lot more detailed than Zillow, although it's gotten us, you know, in trouble a few times where not in trouble, but I had a guy the other day, he was like his property. I mean, in two seconds, I could tell you it was worth at least around 500,000. And somehow the program told him it was worth 50 grand, but, um, (laughs) but those tools are, and he had some very, uh, an obnoxious response, but, um, yeah, most of the time that's a really great tool. So people who are a little bit further out, will set them up to receive reports from HomeBot gives, gives them an idea of what their property's worth. Yeah. And tell me, because you're working, you mentioned earlier in a, in a range, more or less a 30, a 30 minute drive in any direction. And that'll change depending on traffic time of day and so forth. What type of process are you using for setting your appointment? So for example, do you use a two-step listing process? One where you go out and see the house second one, where they come back to the office or how does your team manage that? Just given given where you are and how much time it takes to get around and the service that you provide? Great, great question. So, you know, I, you know, it's funny before you said you were from Canada and I didn't think you had an accident at all until you said process. I heard it in the, <laughs> in the process. <laughs> it's probably my um, R. I'm from, I'm from the Maritimes just north of Maine. And uh, yeah. anytime I drop an R, it sounds a little long, I think maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, our system, I mean, we're big on a pre-listing package. So if I set an appointment with you, today is Monday. If we set the appointment for, let's say, Wednesday, 
our our system usually is that uh, we're gonna we're very heavy on the prequal, it, especially yeah. if you're looking to do something soon, right? If it's evident that you're not you know doing anything for a couple weeks, we sort of will have to make a decision on whether or not it makes sense to actually come out there and get in front of you. But if right. you're going to do something soon and that's evident, you're obviously meeting other agents. Um, we're very heavy on the prequal. So okay. somebody once said to me a few years ago, for very high producing agents, the prequal is the presentation. And the, when you actually go out there for the appointment, you're just going to pick up the agreement. And that always stuck with me. So we got we try to go really, really deep on the prequal and make sure that we know everything. Uh, mm -hmm. So once we get them pre-qualified um, and, and make sure it's a solid appointment, uh, we'll run the comparables and we send out a pre-listing package mm -hmm. um, to the seller via email. Um, in there, we're going to include, you know, the marketing plan, our track record, some information about us, the proposed listing agreement, and uh, I don't know if I see comparables, but the recent comparables, all that's in the email. Uh, about 24 hours before we're asking to make sure they got it, make sure they reviewed it, mm -hmm. uh, see if they have any questions. And then if you send them all of that in advance, it's been our experience that, um, you know, you could go out there and really get that appointment done in 25 minutes. Right. Uh, rather than having to spend an hour, rather than having to, you know, go through a lot of uh, questions and such, it allows them to, you know, there's, there's sometimes where there's appointments where I sit down with a seller, somebody who's really organized, you sit down at the kitchen table and they take out a pad and they've got, you know, 15 questions written out for you. And, and they're like, you know, you shared this comparable and we just bang out the questions. We sign the agreement and it's done. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I love that. I, I talk lots with my team and my coaching clients around the journey of self-discovery and how, you know, next level realtors will be able to create this journey of self-discovery using brilliant open-ended questions. And, and what I've just heard you say is that you really master that in the pre-qualification where you're going levels and levels deep with people. And, and by calling it a prequal to some degree, I think it, it diminishes the value that you're creating because in truth, you're building trust and rapport. You're showing intelligence and care and interest and then presumably you're articulating some of the solutions throughout that as well. And then really the meeting is just to make it happen. By that time, that trust and rapport has been built. They already have the sense that you, you're the solution provider and someone they can trust to do that with. And so I think it's just important that we underpin that because it's more than a prequel, I presume. But, but I'm curious, maybe tell us from your perspective what some of those questions look like and, and how you format those so that you can have such a high closing ratio. Sure. So, I mean, just general overview, just where they're, where they're going. Uh, have they already purchased that house? Uh, what the time frame is? Um, what they're looking for in the agent that they hire, right? Because that, that question right there tells you so much, right? And it also tells me who they need, to, they need me to be too, right? Yep. They say, oh my God, we were on the market last year. It was a complete disaster. You know, the person didn't do any marketing. Then all of a sudden, of course, I'm going into that appointment with my marketing hat on, right? Um, if they told me that the prior agent they hired had no communication, then I'm going into that appointment being the absolute best communicator you've, you've ever met with. So it tells you a lot. Um, we're trying to make sure that there's no backup plan. For instance, hey, if you couldn't sell the property, uh, would you consider renting it? You don't want to be a landlord, do you? And, 
and they'll say sometimes, uh, no, we would actually rent it uh, if we couldn't get our price. So you know that that may be a fallback um, mm. because you don't want to go out there and find out that like the price that they want is ridiculous and that they're just going to rent it anyway. You want to make sure that, you know, they've sort of thought about all those things, you know, and, and, and we train our agents to really ask like uh, pointed questions, right? Like if all goes well tomorrow and you feel comfortable and confident, I can sell the house or are you planning on listing it with me? Right. Like mm-hmm. that's a Mike Ferry question. And, yeah. and a lot of agents shy away from that question, but you know, you get a lot from that question. People are like, of course. I mean, like, isn't that why you're coming here? And other people <laughs> will be like, no, I'm not signing anything tomorrow. And you sort of just sort of have a better idea of what you're going to get into when you get there. So, yeah, you know, th- I, those sort of things really help. I love that question, but I'm like one of those people that shies away from it a little bit, but I found a, a, a kind of a phraseology that works well for me. And it's one that I coach my team. We say, if everything looks like it makes sense and all the things line up and it sounds like we're going to be a good partnership to work with, is there any reason we couldn't get started when we meet tomorrow or the next day or whatever? Yeah. And, uh, to me, that's just a little bit softer. It stretches out the question a little bit more and it makes it less about me and more about the solution. That one just suits no, me better. I, but I like that. I, I think the key thing is for anyone is that you find a way to, to, to qualify that person if they're in a place to make a decision or not. And then, of course, the other thing that I know you already do, but for our viewers and listeners that are maybe new, don't forget to make sure that all your stakeholders are going to be sitting at that table. The last thing you want to do is go to somebody's house and find out that you've got the husband and you and you and I both know that husbands don't make the decisions. You got to have the decision makers at the table. And so we're asking that question as well as I'm sure your team does too. Yeah, making sure the decision maker is going to be there and taking it a step further, looking at the tax records. Um, you know, does it say two names? Does it say one name? Does it say an LLC? Uh, you know, just making sure, you know, that nobody can fall back on the, oh, well, I have to speak with my wife or my husband or whatever it is. We want to make sure that they're both there. And if yeah. they're not, we're going to reschedule the appointment and or we're trying to get them on Zoom or or. You know, as I'm sitting with the wife at the kitchen table, the husband's on Zoom, whatever we got to do to be prepared so that nobody can fall back on that. uh, You know, we need to think about it sort of thing. We're we're coming out there for for the reason of getting it signed. Yeah, yeah. That's solid and tremendous closing ratio. One thing that we learned over the years that I really love, too, is we'll we'll assign some homework before we come over. So I'll say, you know, uh, hey, hey Joan, uh, do you have a pen handy? And everybody will say yes. I'll say, okay, write this down, please. Uh, I need you to prepare three things for our meeting tomorrow. The first thing is going to be your tax assessment. Just need to have a look at that. Uh, need to have a look at your real property report or your land survey, whichever it is in your county or state or province. And then finally, I'd like you to have prepared for me your most recent mortgage assessment as well. We'll review all those details when we're sitting at the table. Two more things for me, Joan, if you wouldn't just mind writing down a list of things that had you buy the property in the first place. So just three things that inspired you to want to purchase the property? Because I know that I can leverage those for the buyers of your property when we have it up for sale. And then I'd also like you to think about some things like deferred maintenance or concerns that you might have that may come up in a property inspection when our buyer has that done. Can you prepare those things for me, Joan? Yes, I can. Like that. And then you, like that. And then you show up at the meeting, right? And you've got this person with this like, perfectly prepared list. I mean, you, you just go to the contract. You've got everything you need by that point. Yeah. Sometimes folks don't have that ready. And as you know, right, there are more questions, more objections. And so you've got to spend a bit more time getting through those things. But it's another subtle way of qualifying people, right? Yeah. And it, I mean, there's a lot of things going on with by asking that, right? You're, you're giving, you're taking control, right? 
by giving them the assignment. It's almost like sometimes, right. I know some agents go on the listing appointment. As soon as they walk in the door, they'll ask the seller uh, for a glass of water. And then they'll say, you know, you, would you mind getting me a glass of water and I'll meet you back at the table. And, you know, they take direction from the second they walk in the door. That's right. um, but I also like that, you know, it, it gives them a little bit of homework because some people may respond to that and say, yeah, well, uh, you know, we're not ready at this point. I mean, I can send that to, uh, to you in the future if, if uh, right. you know, if, if you really need it or something. So yeah, yeah I think the big, subtle. the biggest struggle for me in the first few years was a lot of these sellers would think that it was a preview, right? They'd say, mm. well, you know, because there's nothing in a lot of these scripts and dialogues that we were using at least that said, hey, I am coming over there with the paperwork, you know, to get your home on the market, right? And I think that's that's where the line that you were using works really nicely, where it's like, hey, if we, you know, I don't want to butcher your your line, but if, if we feel like there's a partnership here and we can work together, I'll bring the necessary paperwork uh, to get this thing started, so... Yeah, it's a nice yeah, way of saying, "Hey, yeah. <laughs> we're going to rock and roll tomorrow." Yeah, that's right. Well, and time's valuable, and, and your earlier point connects directly to this. And I think so many new agents missed the boat on this. Is that you know we all want to earn high dollars per hour. Real estate can certainly facilitate that. But when you got to consider the fact that you've got to find the client, prospect the client, warm up the client, set the appointment, and so forth, you know, you really have to find times, find ways to compress as much of that as possible. And, you know, one thing that used to happen to me with some regularity in my first year or two was that I'd go to appointments and people wouldn't be there, you know, and why I'd yeah. fail to, conf I'd fail to confirm them or, you know, something very basic. And so you realize, well, now I've wasted time and now I've got to go rebook this person. And so that's an extra hour. And, you know, now the math's getting worse by, by the minute or, or have those clients that, you, you know, you haven't set expectations with and now you're showing 50 properties too. Well, hey, that's a realtor issue. That's not a client challenge. We didn't set reasonable expectations from the outset, right? Totally right. Yeah. 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 yeah cool. Yeah. So tell me, man, what's what's next for you? So you've got your team right now. Uh, you've got a tremendous goal for this year. How do you see the next two or three years going for you, for your new wife and your team members? Yeah. So I'd say um, the, the team goal is to um, go a little bit wider. We're looking to add about three or four maybe five new agents this year and, but make sure that we keep an eye on that per agent productivity. I don't ever want to be, you know, uh, have this be a team where the agents on the team are doing five or six deals, right? We want to be a team where, you know, it's high producing agents, um, you know, the doing a minimum of 25 transactions per year. And, you know, the, the reason that it's agents can come here and do such high volume is because we've got, you know, really a plug and play platform, right? Like systems like follow up boss systems, like accountability and scripting and role play and practice. You know, you should hear this office at 9am, you know, those five or six of us cranking on the phone, music's blasting, air conditions on. And, and like, listen, no one wants to do the lead generation. Like no one wants to go to the gym, but you make right. it fun. You make it exciting. And all of a sudden two, you're two hours into it and you set two appointments. So, um, you know, growing the team, but making sure that we're growing it the right way, you know, and from a leadership perspective, making sure it's profitable. That's what we're excited about. We're excited about a whole bunch of new lead sources we're working on that uh, are going to bring a lot more uh, qualified leads to our agents. And, you know, as far as like personally, just trying to pick up some more, you know, I, that's something that uh, we started talking about prior to our call or prior to the, the recording today is that the first few years, if I had, if I could change anything, I went a little bit crazy on like, uh, 
upgrading lifestyle and, you know, buying the big house and, and, uh, all the fun toys and all that stuff. And what I would have done differently was created more passive income. So, mm. uh, you can always go and, and do it later. So that's what I'm trying to do now and just buy some more rental properties buy buy uh, you know, some more income producing assets, not just, uh, you know, uh, properties you, you pay to have fast cars so. and whatnot. Yeah. Well, and you've been yeah. at this 15 years, as you said, and, and the beauty is, is that you can make a tremendous change in your life in this industry in 10 to 15 years. And I, I don't know how old you are, John, but by the look of you, you got, you got many more decades left. So I'm sure that it's going to be a pretty <laughs> transformational future for you too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fun. I bet it, that's just one thing, you know, I, uh, and I'm working on that with my coach right now, Aaron Novello, as I told you just creating more streams of income. Cause I think we're all a little bit foolish if we think that this could last forever. Right. I mean, I'm not retiring anytime soon, but like the industry's always changing, you know, uh, I have my health now, but who knows, you know, uh, what could happen in the future. And you just want to make sure that you put yourself in a, a situation where you can, you know, always be providing for those around you, whether it's people on my team or, you know, my family members and stuff, and just want to make sure that, you know, uh, I can, maintain this right you know so right. try to try to create some more passive income that uh can pay for all the fun stuff yeah that's the truth i mean you and i've seen it you know realtors that haven't done a good job saving or scaling and they're still you know crushing deals in their 60s 70s and i've even seen people doing it in their 80s and um you know that's never been my aspiration my my aspiration's been to uh you know, focus on the high energy stuff when I was young and had high energy and, and just kind of taper off, but continue to grow my net worth, my net income uh, with less time. Right. Yeah. And uh, it takes some systematization and effort to do that. And uh, being a leader certainly helps. And, and you're on that trajectory and, and doing a tremendous job from everything you've said. I, I really appreciate you sharing all your ideas and how you've structured your team and and a lot of the cool things that you're that you're doing to provide so much value to those folks uh, if they're listening yeah. Um, I hope they hear that, um, you know, that it's important to you that they succeed and, and that really you're doing this for them. I mean, you're, you're a true servant leader in that regard. And it was, uh, really, really cool to hang out with you today, John. Thanks so much for spending time with us. Of course, man. Happy to be here. Always happy to share. All right. Take good care. All right. Thank you. All right. Real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients, and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help 
agents succeed in real estate, how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there, too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.